Aloha and welcome to the Tulial Revolution here on thinktechhawaii.com. I'm Peter Rossig, I'm your host, and we're going to be uh, talking to Natalie Iwasa, also known as the Bike Mom, in a segment called You Better Listen to the Bike Mom. So uh, stick with us, we're going to have an interesting half an hour. I am Peter Rossig. I'm the host here at uh, thinktechhawaii.com for a show we call The Two-Wheel Revolution about bicycling, e-bikes, e-scooters, e-skateboards, e-unicycles, and even uh, electric wheelchairs. Eventually, we're all going to be using them anyhow. So um, I have a terrific guest today, uh, Natalie Iwasa, known as the Bike Mom, person that's been involved in following biking here for uh, in Hawaii for a long, long time. So, uh, Natalie, aloha and welcome. Aloha and thank you for having me, Peter. So, you, you've been on Think Tech many times. As I mentioned, you have, seem to have more followers than I do. So, uh, let's just jump right in. And, uh, you know, you've been watching and observing and part of the, the biking scene here, Honolulu and Hawaii, for a, quite a long time. I found some testimony from you from over a decade ago, and I'm sure longer. So, tell us, you know, uh, what was it like when you first started to uh, observe biking what were what were the good things what were the bad things about when you started out well i guess first of all a little history i've been biking for just about my entire life and so um one of the things i've noticed here versus like on the mainland for example is that that you have to really be careful about the drivers so i have two sons who are 24 and 20 now but my activism in uh, bicycling actually got started when I started thinking about my boys because um, I would take them on my bike. You know, I had a seat in the front. I had one one boy in the back that I would have joined to my bike. And I knew that eventually they would not be riding with me and I would not have control over what they did or, or where we went. So when I was riding, I would see things, um, you know, like we didn't have as many bike lanes back then. We didn't have sharrows. I mean, that just didn't exist. And um, riding to school was difficult as well. So, you know, we've made actually a lot of improvements over the last 20 years. So um, that's exactly what we I want to talk to you about. How would you say it has improved? Uh, bicycling has improved uh, in that time. Well, uh, we have more bike lanes, more, we have now things like the cycle track, the protected bike lanes, King Street, um, Pensacola, certain areas in town, and then better markings. I think there are better markings. The city has been especially um, attentive to bicycling needs. So for example, Mm -hmm. down on P.E. Koi, we have, uh, you know, right turn only except bicyclists. Bicyclists can go through the the intersection, those types of changes have been made over the last, you know, 10 years or so. And, and what about drivers, since you mentioned them? Uh, I'm sure if I if we were talking to a bunch of uh, hardcore drivers, they'd say the problem is the bicyclists. Uh, bicyclists and people on, on any kind of personal mobility will see it from a different angle. Has, has the attitude, you think, of uh, of drivers changed at all in this time? You know, that's a little more age, I think, um, because there are, I think, and it's just a few, but, you know, when when a bicyclist and a a motorist have an incident, 
um, it tends to stick in the mind longer. We don't tend to remember those good times when somebody allowed us to get into the lane or right. some wait for us to pass. Same thing with uh, pedestrians, right? So it, I think it's just harder to gauge that. But I know that there's been more of an effort to educate motorists. Mm-hmm. You might be familiar with the um, three-foot rule where... Right. Um, Motorists are supposed to allow at least three feet from their vehicle to the bicyclist. And um, so that's, I think, made a little bit of improvement. But I think there are still a lot of people out there who don't know about that law. I'm sure you're right about that. And, I, you know, as I talk to people and even I myself, when I, I'm going to make a left turn off of King Street and I have to, uh, you know, have to slow down, have to look both ways uh, because of the bike lane there, I think most of us kind of go, "Oh, shoot! Uh, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta be careful here." Which for some people seems to be a great imposition, and for some people seems to be, "Yeah, that's not bad. Let's all be more careful here." Uh, we've certainly seen a number, you know, pedestrian accidents, especially recently, uh, which we all wish they'd been a little more careful about. So, yeah, yeah I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say that's that's very true. Go ahead. All right. Well, okay. Let's let's start back a little bit. You've mentioned that you started out in this uh, uh, in bicycling thing uh, when you had younger kids, and you were uh, twenty years ago. We won't we won't number those years, but uh, tell us a little bit more about yourself generally, and just uh, you know, you're a pretty well known person in this community, but I'm not sure my four dedicated listeners will uh, will know who you are. Well, I've been in Hawaii for over 30 years. Um, my husband is from here. My my young boys are no longer that young. They're young adults. Mm-hmm. Um, my youngest actually likes to motorcycle, but he used to ride his bike. I, I give him so much credit. He used to ride his bike from Waikai to the Buddhist Academy to school um, wow. four days a week. So, um, you know, bicycling is in the family. I'm also a CPA, so I have my own practice, and that's really what allows me a lot of flexibility in my schedule and allowing me to testify down at the city council and down at the uh, state legislature. I pay attention to a lot of bills that come up, Um, and I think one of the turning points for me was back in um, 2007 when I first heard about safe routes to school. You know, the state had a pot of money. I I want to say like $6 million. It might have even been more than that. And I just thought that was the greatest thing because what Safe Routes to School tries to do is create safer routes, bicycling and pedestrian, for kids to get to school. And so I jumped on that bandwagon right away and um, tried to help people, you know, get grants and that kind of thing. We we still lag in that area. Right. Um, that's really kind of what started it for me. Okay. So did you choose the name Bike Mom or did somebody <laughs> pin that one on you, like pin the tail on the donkey? So how, how did that come about? That that's an interesting story. So I used to when I started my firm back in 2003, I would go to the neighborhood board meetings and there was a sergeant there who later became a captain and I was retired. But he would see me riding up on my bike and he'd say, oh, here comes the bike lady. And oh, well, you know, I have I have a young boy now and you should really call me the bike mom. And so that just kind of stuck. All right. 
Uh, that's no lady. That's the bike mom. So uh, <laughs> terrific. I'm glad. I'm glad it's something that you chose and didn't get uh, chosen for you. So and uh, just we're not going to talk about rail, but you are you on the, the heart board now or how what's the status of that? Yes, I've been on the heart board for a little over two years. OK, well, I'm, you know, we're we all want somebody to be looking out for that that thing. So um, we're glad you're there. And I know you've commented and watched that very closely. Um, you're also uh, related to Cyclone Hawaii. Is that what? what's that? Oh, yeah. So thank you for asking. So um, Cyclone Hawaii is a, an advocacy group. It's a nonprofit, charitable nonprofit. And we actually do things that um, Hawaii Bicycling League doesn't really get into. Hawaii Bicycling League is a membership organization. We're mm -hmm. just um, a small nonprofit, and we support things like safe routes to school. We um, sponsor the uh, bike to school days in the fall. There's the, uh, or no, I'm sorry, springtime, fall mm -hmm. walk to school. So we try to get um, groups going and um, I I lead usually uh, certain routes on that particular day. So um, we also have parades like the um, 4th of July. We had several or um, the Christmas parade in Hawaii Kai. We try and do that. So it's kind of more for um, kids and families and trying to kind of motivate them to get out and ride their bike in a situation where they feel like they're um, not going to be run over. <laughs> I hear that. Uh, and they I can guess, still have fun. Uh, yeah. I guess Hawaii Kai is probably, uh, if you get back off the off the highways, probably one of the better places to uh, to bicycle. You don't have, you have traffic, obviously, but you have fairly wide roads and uh, fairly uh, open areas there. Is that right? Yeah, in, in Hawaii Kai itself, there is um it's generally a good place to bike. There are bike routes along Kalaniana Oli Highway. They have the bike lanes. Um and then it's my one of my favorite places is actually Kamilanui Valley. Um that's you know back where the farmers are, the nurseries and that kind of thing. Uh -huh. It's a little bumpy, but it's just quiet and pleasant and it's nice to ride back there. So is that the one where you go up kind of on the I could call it the right side on the on the down the uh, the Eva side, so to speak, of of Waikai, and you get to a, a gate and stuff like that. Is that where we're talking about, or? Uh, well, so so if you go back into like Mariners Cove, um, uh, the the road kind of winds around, and then you go on a. It's a private road. It was meant to be a link um, for Waikai Drive, but they never um, yeah we never finished it and, yeah and and we actually put a stop to that so yeah okay not enough concrete uh, is out there already i think in, in neighborhoods like that so uh you know that's terrific uh but you see it's it, it's not a membership organization you're saying so uh you're not recruiting people to join up or or how does that work right it's just like i said every now and then we'll have small events and um so what what we do when we have the bike to school day, for example, is I'll go send notices around to the schools in East Honolulu, and it, whoever has the highest percentage of uh, participation, then we try to get donations and then you know give them you know hundred dollars or fifty dollars. The teacher, the teacher that has the highest participation, will get a check along with it, it's made out to the school and the teacher usually, and cool. they. 
for school supplies or whatever they want. So it's just kind of a little nice motivation. Yeah, that's terrific. I wish, you know, more people were just involved on that kind of level with uh, getting things. You don't have kids in school anymore, but you're still pushing that that uh, angle of things. So that's terrific. Um, so let's think about the future now. Uh, what could we do? What would you like to see happen that would uh, improve the the uh, ability of uh, people to bicycle, uh, e-bikes, and that sort of thing to uh, you know increase, get more people out of their big SUVs or out of their cars uh, and get them onto bikes? Well, that's a really good question. Um, so I think, first of all, it's, um, and this might come as a surprise to some people, but it's kind of protecting what we have and not making things worse. And by that, I mean, paying attention mm. to potential bills. So for example, I saw one just last night that would allow, um, no, that would prohibit uh, commercial vehicles that are larger than 10,000 pounds from traveling in the right lane, from, from traveling, I'm sorry, from traveling in the left lane. Oh. So that would mean they would be forced to ride in the right lane, which is right next to the bike lane or maybe to a sidewalk. Mm -hmm. And um, for years, I've been asking organizations such as the, the trolley, Roberts Hawaii tour buses. I say, hey, you guys should have a policy that if you're coming up on a bicyclist in the bike lane, they should be in the middle lane or the left lane so they don't have to be so close when they ride past the bicyclist because you probably know that when you have a bigger vehicle like that and it's going faster, there's a little bit of wind drag. Right. And it's very intimidating for some bicyclists to be passed by such a large vehicle. So I sent in testimony opposing that came up a few years ago and I posed it and it died. So I'm hoping the same thing will happen this year. But, you know, sometimes it's protecting what we have. Mm -hmm. Just don't get, aren't made worse. <laughs> yeah, that, that I, I didn't realize that was happening. That would, that you're absolutely right. I mean, they're, uh, those trolleys are, they're kind of open airish and there are people kind of hanging out of them and they're, you know, there's uh uh, one of those things going by over your left shoulder would be pretty intimidating. Yes. So uh, what else? We, what else? Uh, we got to protect what we've got. That's important. What else do we need to do to make uh, Honolulu specifically or Hawaii in general a better place for people to bicycle? Well, I think the city is on the right uh, track with respect to what they're doing on um, fleet streets. So I think it's either it, it's in sometime in the next few days or maybe it's tonight when they are going to have another virtual meeting uh, for complete streets on Keomoku. Keomoku, right. And so if you're familiar with that area, that's down by Ala Moana Shopping Center um, between um, Kapiolani and Baratania. It's a very busy street. And a few years ago, they put in, um, I think it was at Makaloa, they put in the barn stands intersection for pedestrians mm -hmm. really makes i think a big difference because um then you don't have people crossing and and potentially cars turning and whatever but the complete streets takes into consideration bicyclists and so they're going to be putting in um i believe a protected bike lane there and um you know it, it's things like that 
that will make it better for bicyclists and pedestrians. And and actually it's it's supposed to improve traffic or the roadway conditions for all users because mm-hmm. have um sometimes you know people speed and if they're speeding through areas like that, that's really not good for anybody because right. that's when crashes happen or people aren't paying attention. So if there's more activity on the street, people tend to pay attention more. And so we have hopefully less distracted driving and that kind of thing. Yeah, that's interesting. And that's, you know, a lot of our Japanese visitors are are bicycling or walking along that uh, stretch between Alamoana and Walmart and, and Ross's and so forth. And, um, you know, they're a little less attuned to the uh, traffic here and more used to what they may be experiencing at home, which can be bad, but is very respectful of bicyclists in some areas. So I think that uh, we, we've got to keep that part in mind too when we talk about Kamoku. So, and what else? I'm I'm going to keep pressing you until you tell me that's all I can think of. But uh, so we need to improve those uh, safe streets. We want to have more of this kind of uh, obviously the best the best bike lane is a protected bike lane. Uh, what about uh, education. What are, what can we do? Well, we've talked a little bit about educating both cycle, both drivers, and and we need to think about cyclists. What can we do to to Im- improve the the bike education we've got going on? Well, um, the Hawaii Bicycling League already has a um, an education program. They get a grant from the city to do mm-hmm. education with fourth graders. Uh, sometimes I think they go up to fifth grade and they actually take the kids out on the road. They spend about four days with them and they take them out on the, the well, first of all, they they train them on like the the uh, parking lot or the playground mm-hmm. and the rules. And then they spend time where they actually go around in the neighborhood. And so that's really a good way to to get um, kids participating and teach them what the rules are and how they should be riding. You know, for example, they shouldn't be riding against traffic. Um, They need to stop before the white line or at the stop sign. So they go over all these rules. Um, They also have, I believe, an adult education program, which is important because, you know, some some people, um, when they retire, maybe they want to get back into bike riding and they have forgotten what the rules are. Some people think that there are different rules for bicyclists versus motorists, which there are a few, but there aren't really very many. Right. So it's good to have a refresher that way. For the motorists, um, you know, when I see something, somebody does something um, like a, a bus or the trash pickup guys, if it's a city vehicle, I let the city know. And right. so... They're really good. Mike Formby, um, he's the managing director. I I contact him and I say, hey, Mike, you know, your drivers, some of them are are not paying attention to that three foot rule. And really, they should be allowing more like eight feet because they're bigger. Mm -hmm. And um, so he and I give him the truck number and and the time and place. And so he says, hey, okay, thanks for bringing that to to my attention i'll talk to our drivers about that and you know so there are multiple ways for education to get out there i think where we're probably lacking is just in general motorist education yeah 
So what I would like to see is more of an emphasis on um, on educating motorists when they have to take their driver's license exam. Uh, You know, what are the rules for bicyclists? When do I have to watch out? What should I do? I mean, even though it's not required, what is the best way for me to drive when I see a bicyclist or a pedestrian? And, you know, I think if we had more of that, we would have fewer incidents or close calls on our roadways. Yeah. Hawaii's roads are so... Uh, many of them are so problematic because there's not enough space. There was just a discussion in the newspaper about merging on on the freeway, and and uh, it, you know the rule is you're not supposed to stop, but of course there are there are ramps where you have no choice but to stop. So uh, you know what seems like a, a natural rule for the mainland may not work here. We've got tight circumstances. So I think uh, I think. I'd like to see what you're exactly what you're describing is more rules that really relate to what people experience here uh, and uh, make that part of getting your driver's license or renewing your driver's license. Make it part of the handbook that uh, everybody's, you know, passes around till they're dog-eared while they're getting ready to take their exams and stuff. That would be terrific. Well, there. So to clarify, there are some questions in there, but I think there should be more of an emphasis on that. Got it. Got it. And I, I want to commend you. I think, uh, you know, some people would say, well, you know, the the trash guys or the bus, I mean, they've got a difficult job. I don't want to call them out. I don't want to get anybody in trouble. But, you know, on the other hand, if nobody says anything, then whatever the thing that's wrong is just continues to be wrong and maybe gets worse. And, you know, God forbid, at some point in the future, there's an accident. And, and uh, you know, you if you're the cause of that or if you're involved in that as a driver or whatever, you're, that's going to haunt you for the rest of your life. So uh, I think helping I think it helps to, you know, in a nice way and not to get anybody into trouble. But, uh, you know, here's here's what I saw. And uh, please help us improve it. And Mike Formby is a good guy to contact, I guess. Yeah. So um, and that's a good point, because I think the culture here generally is that we don't want to call anybody out. We don't want to feel bad. So I with a lot of my stuff, I really go for balance. And so the way I do that is when somebody is has really done a great job, you know, they've seen me coming because I have a mirror so I can tell where they are, what they're doing behind me. And they go into the next lane and pass me. So there's like 15 feet between me and the vehicle. And then they, they put their blinkers on and they get in front of me. You know, they allow plenty of room to pass me. Um, I'm on a bike, I mean, a bus route. So this happens to me every day. Um, Then I send in the form, same form, but I say commendation and I say, give this driver a gold star today because this happened on this this time, this place and this bus. And, you know, so um, the other thing is I, you know, that takes time. But the other thing I do is I give people a shaka. Hey, thanks for letting me in. um, So it's it's kind of uh, we want to balance things out. We want to make sure that people don't feel bad sometimes. Motorists just don't see a bicyclist because right. looking for us, or maybe we ju- we're at fault because we don't have bright colors on. I mean, I've heard people say oh, that 
Did you see that that bicyclist? They had a black shirt on, and it's almost it's almost nighttime. You know how is yeah. anybody going to see them? So you know it's kind of some of this goes both ways actually, and and trying to be cognizant of all that. That's good, and that's terrific. I mean, if everybody took a that balanced view and said, you know, I'm going to praise them when they do good, and I'm going to you know let them know when they when they haven't, uh, you know, I think I think we'd all be in a better shape in a lot of respects. So I, I, that's terrific. You know, the number of e-bikes, as I'm sure you know, is growing tremendously. Uh, there were figures in the, the newspaper recently, uh, the the number of e-bikes from 2021 to 22 uh, went uh, multiplied by three or four times. And in the first few months of this year, we already had more of the registrations that go into the city, had more registrations in the first two months of this year than in all of last year. And it's clearly something that's coming up more and more. Do you see, a? is there a conflict between uh, regular bicyclists and e-bikes? Or how does that, you know, in our narrow little bike lanes, what do you think is going on there? Yeah, that's really a good question. And it's something that we have to really start dealing with. Because I know that there were um, attempts to put definitions into the law, um, like a decade ago, and it wasn't a big thing, and it, so it didn't get in there. But mm-hmm. with the number now increasing, more and more people riding them. I even see kids on um, e-bikes riding to school, high school. Yeah. So we need to define what those vehicles are. There are a lot. There's there's electric assist. There's the full electric. You know, we have all these other self-mode um, transportation vehicles. We need to define that and figure out who is going to be using what space and how they're going to be using it because some of them can actually go quite fast. Right. So if you have an e-bike that's coming up on a, a traditional bicyclist who's pedaling, the speed difference can be kind of great. And we have to make sure that that e-bike behind passes just like any other regular vehicle and allows enough space. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think we have to have this discussion. I, I I don't I haven't heard it yet, but um we definitely need to start talking about it and planning for it. Yeah, and it's not just bicycles as we've discussed. It's there are e-scooters now, especially in you know some of the areas like Waikiki and Kakaako. There are going to be more of them one way or the other, whether it's a shared system or a, an ownership system. There are skateboards now that are electrified. There are these unicycles, and uh, there's all kinds of stuff going. And they all have different speeds, as you pointed out, and different capabilities in terms of how they can be stopped and uh, and so on. And so I think I I hope not, but I think we're heading unless we do so, set up some rules and regs, uh, we're heading for some conflicts there. I know there are a few bicyclists that don't even they kind of look down on e-bicyclists, but uh, when we have all these different modes of personal transportation, we're all going to have to learn to live together because they're all going to be, you know, they're all going to be on the street with us. So I, I think that I think you're absolutely right. That's that's pretty important. So I'm going to give you the final the final question is uh, what I usually call my blank check question. If I could give you all the money we you needed to do something, one thing, what would what would you do as as by queen? Well, um, you know, I I guess I'm partial to safe routes for kids um, and schools because 
you know, I see so many kids who are being driven to school, even if it's just half a mile, because the parents don't want them to walk across Kalani on Ole Highway. So they drive. And of course, that adds to the congestion for everybody. So if I had a blank check, I think what I would do is I would create routes for every school um, and probably a, within a like a five, five to seven mile range from every school and just have a, a very strong network that pe- kids, teachers, parents, you know, we could all use to um, wow. get around. Okay. I'll, I'll send you the check. It's going to be fine. <laughs> oh, thank you. Sure. But Natalie, thank you so much. This has been so interesting. You know, I usually close these shows with, with what I call a micro mobility moment. And sometimes it's wacky new devices and sometimes it's safety. I'm going to take a moment and read something here that's just came, come across my desk. Uh, and it is about electric bikes. And we do have an electric bike credit here in Hawaii. But uh, there was one going to be one in the National uh, Inflation Reduction Act and it got left out. But a new one uh, has been proposed at the national level. It's called the Electric Bicycle Incentive Kickstart for Environment, which, of course, spells e-bike. It's been introduced in the U.S. House by Representative uh, Jimmy uh, Panetta from California, uh, by caucus chair um, uh, Earl Blumenauer, uh, by Mike Thompson and Adam Schiff. They're all California, Oregon and California representatives. But uh, it would give a $1,500 uh, incentive to up to about $8,000 bike uh, for people. And I think that we, we're, we've we seen in places like Colorado, these really help people to uh, get get e-bikes and to get a good e-bike and get one that the, that's got quality. So uh, if you're at all interested in that, you should talk to our own representatives, send a word to uh, people like Jimmy Panetta and, and Adam Schiff and say, we support it because I think it's uh, standing by itself, it's gonna be challenging to get that through Congress, but it would be it would be a big help. So with that, that's my micromobility moment for this week. And thank you, Natalie, so much. I really appreciate it. I'm, you know, in the future, we'll have you back again and we'll talk about how things are progressing. But thank you again. And uh, thank you to everybody for spending this half hour talking about the two-wheel revolution. Aloha. Thank you so much for watching Think Tech Hawaii. If you like what we do, please like us and click the subscribe button on YouTube and the follow button on Vimeo. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, and donate to us at thinktechhawaii.com. Mahalo.